Good day, ladies, and I want to welcome you to part two of the series of Highway to Hope. And I want to first um, start with a correction um, from yesterday. Yesterday, I was talking from Isaiah 40, and I noticed um, in the recording when I played it back, I mentioned Luke 1, and Luke 1 is today. And so another um, mention is, as you listen through the podcast, what you will find I am, there's, there is no editing. I don't go back, change things or do things. You will find that when I am sharing a scripture or a word, that is the straight word directly um, from whatever the Lord is inspiring me to talk about directly to you. I don't go back and edit, change, move things around to make it sound great or whatever. So I hope you appreciate that I am bringing you the the raw word literally as i get it you're getting it so amen so i hope you that you appreciate that so today we're actually going to go into part two and using the scripture of luke one so what's the key nuggets for today that i want you to walk away with that i want you to walk away with as we move closer to understanding the importance of how this path that we have chosen as a believer and as a servant of God, how important the role and the word of servant, what that really means. And many of us, including myself, we want to see the power. We want to see the miracles. We want to have the experience, huh? Am I, are you with me? You're probably all saying yes, but I have a question for you. But can we all walk the walk? Can we all talk the talk? Can we all live the life? Because there are no perfect people. There are no perfect people today. There were no perfect people yesterday or in biblical days. Sometimes we give the excuses that, oh, well, life was different back then. No, the same challenges, but life was actually worse. Because if you live in America, especially, you have many choices and you have the ability to choose to go and to do. In biblical times, they didn't have that choice. So when we try to make excuses about why we are not fulfilling God's word, that's all that it is. It's an excuse. And I want to show you in Luke 1 what it takes to actually see the promises of God manifest. We can't just wish it into existence. We can't just hope it into existence. We have to live it into existence. And that comes from discipline. It comes from daily in contact with God daily. Whether we see the day is turning good or the day is turning um, drama filled, that we recognize who has the power over and in our lives. And I'll tell you, the, the moment I learned that everything and nothing was in Lisa's hands and that hearing and trying to operate with the power of God, that was a struggle for me. It was a struggle because of whether we call it education or how we were raised. Um, I was raised to 
you know, if you want to be successful, you've got to, you know, work at it and do it. And that is true. But you can't do that all on your own. I also, if you've read the book, Christian Warrior Woman, you'll also hear the struggles I had. And a lot of those struggles was because I was trying to solve the problem or fix the situation on my own. And the Lord had to bring me to a place where I had to acknowledge that he was the one true source, the true power, the the true place that I was drawing my knowledge from. And when we do that, we are taking a position of a servant. We're taking a position of knowing that it's not by my will, but it's by the will of God. And that's a mindset shift. That's a cultural shift. And the more we resist it, what I've learned and continue to learn is the less we will see the manifestation of his will. I don't know about you, but I have had words prophesied over me 10, 20 years ago that I'm just starting to see manifest. And when I think about it, it wasn't because God didn't want to bring me to this place. It was because I resisted. I can look back and see the areas and the things that I did and the things that I thought I wanted that I should do that kept me from this spot a long time ago. I had ministers who tried to get me to come into ministry, whether in their church or um, start speaking, start doing things. And I looked at them like, Not that they were crazy, but that um, I have a great job. I make great money. I can't think of giving this up to to go preach for what money in hopes of money. But oh, but who was the fool in that situation? When I think back to it now, I think of even though I was making great money, even though had a great title, I wasn't happy. And why wasn't I happy? Because I wasn't really living out my life through my talent and my gift and what God truly called me to do. So in my delay, I added drama, health issues, and additional pains to my life, trying to go against the grain instead of going with the will of God. I knew the Lord had a call on my life. But to be quite honest, I thought, why would I be preaching or teaching? Who would want to listen to me? What do I have to say that's important? Ah, who was that speaking? That wasn't God. That was the enemy telling me why the things that I had heard from people who had a close relationship with God, he couldn't possibly be true. He couldn't possibly want to use me. I mean, there's so many better people out there. I came up, that was my, that was my answer, that I didn't think I was even worthy enough for God, for me to represent the Lord. Oh, Lordy me, the Lord can't be that desperate that he would need me when all these, I'm sure there's so many other great people that can do this work and do his will. And if, if you haven't noticed yet, God has a, a, a great sense of humor. 
And so when I started getting seriously into the word and seriously into walking on this highway, God had me around people who I thought were so holy. And I started like realizing they weren't. I was seeing things, hearing things come out their mouth that I was in shock. And the Lord would be in the background saying, oh, and you thought that person was perfect. And I was like, oh my. Then he had me around another person and in a particular position or title. And then I saw things that that they were doing that I was like, and saying even in front of me that I questioned and, and said, oh, I would think. And then they looked at me and was almost like, oh, well, Lisa, it can't be perfect every minute of the day. But I was sitting there like, well, Dag, I didn't expect you to be that low in sin. So what I found was these people that I thought were holy and called of God were flawed. And what was the Lord really doing? He was showing me that my perception, he was showing me what truth is, that we put people on pedestals many times that, well, most of the time, that do not belong there. And that the only person that we can put our total hope in, our total trust in, our total belief in, is God. And as he showed me that they were only human, what was he really doing in the background? Showing me that, wow, I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest to be a daughter of God. And so when I went all in seeking, because what was some of my desires, I wanted to hear the voice of God. I wanted an angel um, to talk to me and for me to be confident that when I hear the Lord, that it's the Lord's voice and that I can discern between his voice and my voice of fears or shames or worry or anxiety. And that was my true desire. So I want you as I'm going to read um, Luke 1, I'm going to highlight some key parts that I want you today to take away. Take away what are you contributing and doing in your life that draws you close to Christ. Not that I just go, I go to church on Sunday, I give tithing. What are you doing on a daily basis that makes Christ the priority in your life? I have met people who've told me they work seven days a week, they do this, they do that, and that they are a believer. And when I talk to them about time for prayer or time for in the word, and they're like, oh, I'm so busy. My question to them is, is all that you're doing more important than your time with Christ? And I'm not talking about, oh, because of going to church. I'm asking about what time are you dedicating to Christ every day? What time are you investing? Because, you, you know, people think that we're just, you're just checking about, well, I'm just praying to make the Lord happy. No, you're praying to bring peace to your bones, to the blood in your body, to yourself mentally 
and to your physical body. And you're also doing this as a warfare to ward off the schemes of the enemy against you. Because if you're putting all your energy into the works of man, into the works of money, I promise you, you are losing your power. You are losing the ability to hear and see the might of God operate in your life. So what I want you to recognize is don't chase man, the things of the world that man has advertised and led you to believe that you need to have. What I want you to do is have balance, have balance that God is your true provider and that you can work smarter with having the Holy Spirit operating and going before you than any amount of hours that you can do, double shift, triple shift, work 48 hours straight or whatever you may come up with. That will kill you. That's medically proven, physically proven, biblically proven. But you could work less and have the Holy Spirit operating with you to work smarter, to gain favor, to have power, to have you discern when to move. Those are the things of why we serve God so that we can live in a power and in a place of authority that our king, that the true ruler is operating and providing for us each and every day. That's where we want to be on this road that we're building and picking up, I'll call them faith chips, that things are happening in our lives that are like, that's Jesus. That could have only happened with Jesus. Wow, that's Jesus. I try personally to share whether it's minor things to major things, things that I that I can recognize as God. And I promise you every day you can find things that God is doing The fact that you have a roof over your head or straw over your head or whatever it may be over your head, that you have shelter, that you have food, that you are able to connect electronically to this podcast is because of God. So I want you to start from a place of who is my provider, who is walking on this journey and going through this journey with me on this road. And if I can keep you in a mindset that I am doing my, that you're going to do your very best to have Christ throughout your whole life, not just your life on Sunday, not just your life when you have problems, not just in your life when you're lonely, but in your life every day that you find time, whether you get up early in the morning or you do it midday or you do it in in the evening. If you have a lunch hour, you can walk and talk and read with God and talk at that time. I want you today to designate your time with the Lord, because if that time is stolen, so is your life. Do not let the enemy steal your life by keeping you from the presence of God. And let's talk about Luke 1 and how the presence of God can make dreams come true.
can make things that you thought were lost manifest, can allow you to witness the miracles of life beyond your capability. That's when we're positioned. That's when we're facing our truth. That's when we're walking forward and we are believing in spite of our circumstances. The doctor may have given you one report, but that doesn't have to change your belief that God will see you through this. You may be financially strapped, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a job that's going to come available for you tomorrow. But the idea that you lose faith in that dream and in that future will determine if it can manifest in your life. And I want you to hold on in the most dimmest of circumstances to say that all power, all faith, all of your hope rest on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Whatever loss you may be feeling right now, I promise you that there is gain coming soon and fast in your future. When you step over, when you allow him, as we said yesterday, to raise you out of the valley and to set you on an even plane so that you can see the peaks and valleys coming before you and that you can walk through them in victory. So, Luke 1. Let's look at the key nuggets here. Well, one is I want to talk through, um, and I hope you have read this from yesterday and this morning, But we're in the time, I'm going to start kind of in five, that in the time of Herod, king of Judah, and Zechariah, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Now, In those days, as we know, there were all kinds of rules and and laws that had to be followed. But what does it say here? And I think this is stated for our purpose. Our purpose to know that when we do our very best, God outshines and delivers to us above and beyond what that glory and, and what the answer to that prayer may be. I think what we'll also learn here that don't put God on a timetable of, uh, well, I'm just going to pray for a year and God should answer my prayer after a year. No, our lives every day, our whole life is meant to be faithful, not just until we get what we want. Because what you want may take 10 years. It may be a day or it may be 50. But the goal is to live the whole life and to know that God answers prayer when we live our life with him. He is our closest friend. He is our confidant. And so you'll see here that when we go down, that um, after I said decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive 
and it states here very clearly, and they were both very old. Now, you might be 20-something and think, oh, they must have been in their 40s or 50s. No, how about 90? Okay? I don't even want to imagine an 80 or 90-year-old woman trying to give birth to a baby. I can't even imagine. That would have to be supernatural. And so I want you to think, what have you been holding on? What have you been thinking? What have you been dreaming about that God may not have answered yet? Does that mean he's never going to answer it? No. I mentioned earlier some of the reasons I could see why mine was delayed because of my mindset. But here, to me, is a great example of why our life is meant to be lived out before him. And I don't know when the miracle is coming. I don't know when God's going to do something magnificent before me, but I expect it each and every day. Each and every day, because as I'm growing and in my relationship with Christ, I'm finding what's more important. Not just what I want is important, but my relationship. The idea that God chose me to be saved, that God chose you to have salvation is a powerful experience all in itself. Okay, so I want to go down because... The when Zechariah, I'm going to go down to verse 11, and I want you to read and you'll see how Zechariah was chosen to go into the temple and to be before God. And so while he is there in verse 11, it says, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Wow. So number one, that's something that you're going to find, whether here or when we talk about another person in the Bible. Obviously, when when an angel of the Lord is before you there is there's fear there is a like ooh there was a power and a startling and the lord has to that angel has to let you know that don't don't fear don't be startled but what i love is that the angel said that your prayer has been answered and that who that god hears him and how special that had to be And the interesting thing is, it doesn't say here that he gave him a time and an hour. Did it? He left with that word believing. And he also heard of of what a joy he will be and how God will use him. I don't know about you, but imagine the Lord telling you that about your child that you haven't had yet. And Zechariah, knowing how old he was, he was like, how can I be sure of this? Like, you know, and and declaring and stating, I am, oh, I'm an old man and my wife is well in, in years. Does that not sound like what I said earlier in this podcast? That when folks told me the Lord wanted to use me, what was I thinking? How could that be? I'm not worthy. I'm not this. I'm not that. 
Do you, is that what you say to yourself? Have you said to yourself that you're not worthy to be used of God? You see, we don't have to think about some great title or some great thing. We just have to think about that God is choosing me to have a relationship with. Don't put your focus on what you have to do with it. Put your focus on the first part, that I have been chosen to be saved, to be sanctified, to be a person who prays and talks and hears God in my daily life. Let's start with being humble in that position. Because what God has called you to, he will tell you. So we don't have to be nervous. We don't have to think about what will I have to be. What we should be knowledgeable about is the word and living our best life before him. And when we have days where we fail, that we're willing to admit that and say, you know what? Lord, forgive me because I and you might have to admit something every day. But what are you choosing? You're choosing to recognize that you're flawed and that without Christ, I can't I can't live this life. There is no perfect people. We're all flawed and we all have different weaknesses. But what we all have as believers is a savior who knows us better than we know ourselves. And when we acknowledge that weakness each and every day, we are acknowledging the Christ that I cannot live without you. I cannot succeed without you. I cannot be sleep securely without you. My trust is in you. Every time you go to the doctor for an exam, my trust is in you, Lord. Every time your child acts waywardly, my trust is in you, Lord. Every time you have a boss at the workplace that may not treat you fairly, my trust is in you, Lord, that you are making a way for me and that those who are my enemy, those who scoff at me, those who would want to bring shame upon me, that the Lord has a response for them and that I do not have to fear or worry. That's what we, where we want to be. Because we're not going to be around great people every day. Our finances aren't going to be great every season. And our health may not be great every season. But Christ in our life does not change with the seasons. Amen. So I want you to not only see in this chapter, and we're going to go to part three of this tomorrow, but I want you to see that where we go, that when God is pouring a blessing upon us, where do we go? How can this be? This can't be to me. This can't be. Do you know the sins that I've committed? God surely can't bless me. Do you know the pain I've experienced? God surely can't be wanting to use me. And I'm here to tell you today. Yes, he is. Every experience you've had, God is going to use to bring blessing and to bring healing. And so tomorrow we're going to continue on where that leads. Talk to you then. Be blessed.